stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Well, good afternoon and welcome aboard on the Chorus Radio Network. Rob Breckenridge with you here on this Wednesday afternoon. Uh, plenty to talk about this afternoon. Uh, your calls as well, of course, uh, 403-974-8255 in Calgary, 780-496-0063 in Edmonton. We'll get to some of the news from the campaign trail, but certainly the situation in uh, Afghanistan very much casting a shadow over this election. And we are just days away from this August 31st deadline. It is still a chaotic situation at the Kabul airport. And it seems like it's becoming increasingly clear that the clock is going to run out on our efforts to rescue people. We've left so much of this right up until the last moment. It's just, it's, it's heartbreaking, the situation. Why couldn't we do more? Why didn't we do more? Why didn't we start these efforts uh, a long time ago? So for whatever reason, the government's left it far too late. And like I say, it, it seems as though the, the clock is going to run out on this. There have been efforts underway, though, for some time. Others have been stepping up to fill that uh, leadership void to try to help people get out of Afghanistan, to recognize the very real danger was facing those who had assisted and worked with Canadian and allied troops in Afghanistan. That is, the Taliban reasserts control. They're going to be targeting those individuals for revenge. So there has been grassroots efforts to get people out of there. It's very complex and dangerous work, but it has made a difference. Joining us to talk more about uh, that side of it, very pleased to welcome the program here this afternoon, Chris Eklund. He is founder of the Canadian Heroes Foundation, which has been doing some remarkable work on this front, CanadianHeroes.com. Chris, great to have you with us here this afternoon. Welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. Uh, let me just get your, your general thoughts here, first of all, as we're, you know, what, a few days away now from, from this August 31st deadline. It's just a chaotic situation there still. I mean, how, how worried are you about where things are headed? Well, you know, you, you, you kind of try to remain positive, um, but I think the people on the ground are, are starting to understand, uh, you know, that we're going to run out of time and we're not going to be able to get everybody out by, by airplane. You know, it's um, we've got about, our team has got about 200 people out uh, so far out of about approximately 1,500 people in our care. So the math kind of doesn't uh, add up. So our, our our next and only operation is to shift to a ground operation, which will which will be much harder. But um, I do want to say first off, um, yes, uh, there is an incredible group, um, about two dozen people, a few different NGOs, uh, different associations, etc. It's not just the Canadian Heroes Foundation. Um, and what all your listeners need to, to know is that there are some phenomenal patriots, Canadians, uh, retired veterans, uh, that have all come together and it's, it's quite the miracle on what has been accomplished in the last few months. Yeah, it, it is quite something. And, you know, it, it is, it is difficult. It is, it is obviously dangerous. And I know there are some elements that, um, you know, for understandable reasons, you know, you, you, you can't, it, it can't, can't talk about too much. But can you give us a, an understanding then, as, as much as you're able to, about what goes into these efforts? You still there? Yeah. 
Oh, sorry, I lost you. Um, yeah, so for the last few months, uh, the team has been basically extracting people from, from all over the country. And um, they're basically into Kabul uh, right now. Uh, basically because that was uh, something, you know, we kind of figured out right away could be the very, very last place. And uh, we were correct on that. And, you know, we've, uh, it's been quite the last few months. Uh, we're still doing extractions uh, to, to get people, uh, you know, in, into Kabul. They're, they're, they're not easy. Some of them are a lot harder. And uh, like you said, I, I can't go into details uh, about how that's all done or has been done or will be done mm-hmm. into the future. Um, but we know basically that the airport's going to be closed in, in, in just a, a few more days. And then that leads us uh, into exploring, uh, getting people out by, by land over the, the borders into neighboring uh, countries. As I said at the outset, I mean, it, it feels though that that you know groups like yours and, and others are, are doing the work that government should be doing. There's there's probably a way in an ideal world that you know government could partner with with various NGOs. But what's your sense of you know the the government's interest in in helping on on this front, or to what extent have have they been uh, a help at all to your efforts? You know, this is probably the toughest thing for me to ever say with, without getting emotional. Um, now, the military, uh, I'll tell you, the men and women in our military right now that are responding to the call, unbelievable. I mean, mm-hmm. just before we went on air, um, one, one of the, the crew on, on one of our airplanes that uh, we've been in contact with um, were messaging back and forth. And that person was actually one of the crew on one of the airplanes that brought one of the families on. And, you know, it's these little kind of stories because the, you know, the men and women of our armed forces, I mean, have been in absolutely, they stepped up to the plate, you know, they, they answered the call, they did the job. And, you know, Canadians need to be incredibly proud of, of them. This is a super, super hard emotional thing for everybody right now. Um, you know, our team on the ground in Canada, our team on the ground in Afghanistan, and the men and women of our armed forces. But to answer your question about the government, no. It's, it's the saddest thing I've ever had to say, but... There has been no interest since the very beginning. Uh, I, I pretty much figured this out months ago, and it's continued along. Um, we actually had to start keeping uh, notes because we had a feeling where that where this was going to be uh, heading heading to. Yeah. So, you know, the government obviously there is an election going on, which makes it way harder to to do our job, obviously. Um, but, um, yeah, we're, we're basically kind of stepping up and, and doing what, uh, our country is asking us to do. And, uh, like I said beforehand, the small, small group that has come together, uh, to answer the call, uh, Canadians need to be very proud about at, at some point, um, they will be identified. Some of them won't be, um, we, we, we even have people in Afghanistan as well that are Canadian that are helping out. 
Um, I can't talk about who those people are, but they're they're not military, and uh, they're doing an absolutely fantastic job with what we're what we're faced with. What motivates them? I know for a lot of active service members, for veterans, you know, at some level, it's personal, right? They, they know that these advisors, these interpreters, that it's a partnership, it's a brotherhood, that they've, you know, obviously helped keep Canadian troops uh, safe and, uh, you know, on these missions. So I guess maybe it's personal at that level, but talk a bit more about, you know, what motivates these efforts. Well, first and foremost, um, we as a country have a duty to these people. That's the first thing that everybody needs to understand. When we went over there and we contracted these people, they automatically got attached to Canada. The Taliban could care less if they're an interpreter, a cook, a cleaner, or if you swept the floor. You're targeted for death and your whole family. They don't make any distinction in that. So... If you ask that very same question to everybody, they would pretty much have the very same answer. It's because we have a duty as a country, first, right off the bat. On how they helped out our soldiers and all that, yes, there's a a lot of soldiers that uh, we're talking with constantly. I've got probably five of them I'm talking to right now. Um, you know, with their interpreters, it's an extremely personal thing with a lot of our active serving and, and retired veterans as, as well. But the, the, the most important thing why I personally am doing this, uh, you know, I can't speak for everybody else, but it's pretty much the same, is because we as a country have a duty to do this, and our government never st- stepped up to the plate to do what they should have done. Yeah, which is unfortunate, as you say. I mean, you know, there are individuals that that we can and should be proud of, but ultimately it it feels like as a country we failed, that that there is shame here. We we have. this, This is truly the darkest hour in our country's history, without a doubt. Um, How we have failed as a country is something that we will carry forever. It's it's going to affect us on on uh, in the battlefield. It'll affect us in other countries down down the line. It's going to affect our our human rights. I mean, we can no longer go anywhere on this planet and say to any other country that we're the best. That's that's just completely wrong because we're not. So we've failed. As a country, we have failed miserably. And for, uh, you know, our our former ambassador, Chris Alexander, that he said yesterday, he just couldn't understand why are we in an election. And and this is the the biggest, biggest question out of all of this. Why are we in an election when we should have pulled out all the stops, when we should have went over there months ago and basically got everybody, brought them to Eight Wing Trenton, do everything there, ways and means. We could have done this, but as a country, we didn't want to. So in the coming days, and I know we'll, we'll see these these bright spots here and there. I mean, you guys had a flight out yesterday, 200 lives on board. So, 
it's something. We we do see those stories, but overall, it just feels like you know it's it's a humanitarian disaster unfolding. Oh. What, what are you watching for in the coming days here? Well, the we we can't trust the government any longer. So uh, you know, for 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 months, we've been feeding ideas. Uh, I mean, pretty much uh, three, four days ago, I put an operational ground plan together, and I sent it off to the prime minister, all three ministers, um, to their chiefs of staff, uh, their personal emails, uh, their eyes only. Um, so we know that they're getting uh, the communiques. I know they're getting my personal communiques because it's being backdoored uh, to me as well. But in, to answer that, you know, we've only got a few days left. Uh, so what I basically put out to the prime minister, to the three ministers, is look, what we need to do right now is we need to get a hold of all neighboring countries. We have consulates that uh, touch on, on uh, Afghanistan. We should be having officials at the border, especially right now at Torkham Cross and in Pakistan. And basically, the people that have been accepted, they're now Canadian citizens. It doesn't matter if they have a passport or not. They got it on their phone. And, you know, that's basically their visa. This is how they get through the gates in, in Kabul. Why don't we have somebody at that border crossing in Torkham with that list? Let's get our embassies everywhere activated, all of our friends surrounding it. Let's pull out all the stops. And it's something that we can do. We can do this if we're interested, if the government is interested. But the sad thing is I don't see that happening unless uh, the media keeps on, unless the Canadian public keeps finding out more and more and more about the, one of the biggest humanitarian disasters in, in history unfolding. So will the government follow up on the operational plan I put out to them? I don't know. I, I'm hearing that they, they might. But if not, does this mean that our team on the ground uh, there and in Canada is going to have to continue our mission? Well, the answer to that is yes, simply because we can't give up on these people, plain and simple. Yeah. Financially, how much this operation is costing financially is enormous. It's approaching seven figures. And, you know, at some point in time, the, the Canadian government is going to have to step up and do their job. And it's not right, it's not proper, ethical, or moral for Canadians to be doing the government's job. Yeah, well said. Chris, we'll leave it there. Appreciate all the work you're doing on this. And uh, again, thanks so much for making some time for us here today. Thanks very much. All the best. Thanks. That's uh, Chris Eklund, founder of the Canadian Heroes Foundation, CanadianHeroes.com. They're on Facebook uh, and Twitter as well, Canadian Heroes. All right, we'll take a break here. Rob Breckenridge with you on the Chorus Radio Network. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.